Good morning and welcome to the Tech Central podcast. Today, I'm honored to be joined by Afshan Bachu, the CIO of ComAir, and probably the calmest CIO you've met in a long time. Morning, Afshan. Morning, Daniel. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure. Afshan, being CIO of ComAir comes with all of the challenges of multiple lockdowns and the impact that it's had on your industry. And you had just joined when all of this excitement began but you certainly didn't let that get you down. And today we are going to be talking about the digital transformation journey that you've led and culminated in using technology to assist your team in maintaining. The first thing I want to talk around before then was joining this new team, the morale must have taken a little bit of a knock. How did you ensure that you were connected to your team in this virtual world? Overall, it's not easy to achieve high staff morale. And for the team, it takes more than just a salary to ensure that staff are motivated and engaged. When the second wave began to subside in Feb this year, we began to see a semblance of normality. However, the third wave plunged staff and the team back into uncertainty Mm. and again into remote working conditions. And I think when people move into these remote working conditions, that's when the worries and doubts start to creep in. Mm. But overall, open, honest, and transparent communication is a key. Mm. And it's important that both good news and bad news is shared to the team in order to keep up that high staff morale. Mm. Mm. And during that time, you seem to, while everyone is panicked and throwing their hands in the air, you seem to have taken advantage of this time to digitally transform the very essence of ComAir. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about how this has come about and taken really gathered momentum within your organization? Because you inherited a traditional legacy business. And what have you got today? Correct. So when we started off probably about eight months ago, it was a typical archaic legacy type IT setup. And what we've started doing is started the entire digital transformation process. Mm. So that process firstly started with defining what digital actually meant for us and the organization. And we've defined digital as the use of people, processes, and technology to radically transform the organization and to use technology to disrupt and to generate value. So from a digital transformation perspective, we started off first and foremost using a very laid approach. We started off right at the bottom infrastructure layer by starting off with our cloud migration, which in essence was the first step. So you've gone in and taken from the on-prem data centers. Did you go through an evaluation process or did you just say cloud first, then data center, then on-prem? So it was important for me to first and foremost use an architectural pattern. And when we speak about architectural patterns, it's about using known solutions to different problem types. And what I did was that I started off using a continuum approach, whereby I took a standard pattern and then continuously evolved it to bring the overall tech stack to where it is today. So we started off using a layered approach with cloud as a base foundation, and then we technically evolved it from there. The airline industry tends to be very rigid and very regulated from the outside perspective. How did you get around that, breaking away from the legacy environment using this cloud architecture? Now, most organizations, including the airline organizations, 
try and predict the future. And then based on those predictions, build a very rigid IT ecosystem. Now, the secret source lies in architecture. You have to use architecture to drive your technology strategy. Now, very similar to building a house, you have to start with a target state blueprint or a plan so that you don't enter the house from the bathroom. <laughs> and when we speak about this target state blueprint, it's important to have things such as abstractions, granularities, levels, layers, underlying structures and views. In the same way, when you have a building plan, you've got different views for your house, for your plumbing, for your electrical systems, as well as for your cupboards in your kitchen. So you have to start off with a target state blueprint. Mm. Once that target state blueprint is in place, you then need to start with a common rail or a common chassis. Mm. And in our case, that common rail was a cloud. Okay. It's actually very similar to the way that they build motor cars these days, whereby you start with a common chassis and there are different bodies that are applied to that common chassis in order to get economies of scale. Okay. Once you've got a common cloud chassis, it's very easy to spin up different components of your infrastructure. So you can spin up different VMs, different soft network services. Thereafter, you can then start to take a very modular building block approach to incrementally add new software applications. Because once you've got that modular approach, applications can be snapped in and snapped out without disrupting other applications. This is a much more evolutionary method where best of breed of different applications can be used. From a CIO perspective, it's much easier to reimagine the business model. Hmm. You can take existing pieces and build something new. In essence, you can imagine new possibilities and design your own future. Hmm. That doesn't mean that there isn't complexity though. This results in manageable complexity as okay. opposed to accidental complexity. That manageable versus accidental is quite an interesting concept I'd like to circle back to. This sure. multidisciplinary team that you've put together, how did your C-level counterparts buy into this? Did you just get the architects in or did you give them a preview of your desired state in the business case right up front? Right up front, we started off with the target state architecture and we built a three-year view in terms of what the organization needs to look like in three years' time. Okay. And everything that we're going through is actually that transformation process to get there. So it all starts with the IT strategy. So when the um, naysayers come and they're panicking about what's happening yeah. next week, you just drive them yeah. back to the strategy as a point Absolutely. of departure. Oh, that's Absolutely. It all has to tie back to the strategy. And even that strategy needs to be broken up into components of your business strategy, your application strategy, mm -hmm. your infrastructure strategy, as well as your data strategy. Did you have quite a big team pulling that together up front or was it just yourself and the guys around the table? In essence, it was predominantly my Manco team and we brought in partners to try and bring in any bespoke and specialized skills that the organization did not have. Okay. So it was hybrid in essence. Awesome. Afshan, did you make any mistakes during this A, putting down the strategy and B, while developing it? And what did you do about that? So I think there are always lessons learned. And I always try and look at it from a crawl, walk and run type approach. So nobody starts running immediately. You have to crawl and you may fall down a few times and then you start walking and then you start running. Yeah. But overall, it's important for me to fail early and fail fast. 
And there are always some failures, especially when you're playing in the space of an innovator and an early adopter. When it comes to cloud, the organizations that I've been with have always been cloud first. And when you're starting a cloud first journey, there are some failures. But like I said, you don't view them as failures. You just view them as that crawl phase of a journey whereby you will then start walking and then start running. But specifically in terms of some of the short-term failures, we started off with some latency issues that were attributed to positioning of the cloud because we were using hyperscale providers in Europe. So overall, there were some initial latency issues. There were issues around SQL, but we overcame them very, very quickly using things such as SQL as a service. Mm. Uh, From a network perspective, we fast-tracked our network upgrades, moving from a traditional MPLS-type network to an SD-WAN. Over and above that, we also use the express routes from South Africa to Europe. And one of the big breakthroughs that we also implemented was the use of edge technologies to try and fast-track the journey to overcome any latency. In our preparation, we were having a chat just about getting stuff in the cloud is not the end of the journey. It's actually just the beginning. And there's a lot of optimization that needs to take place. But you're saying the results are there. Your processing speed, your workload speeds may even be better than when they were housed on-prem. Absolutely. So there what's important, once again, is to get the right architecture in place. And if you look at the cloud, there are three best practice architectures that you need to start off with, and that is your traditional IaaS, PaaS, and SaaS. So it's important to start off with a template architecture, and then once again, use a continuum approach to incrementally evolve those template architectures and in essence, customize them to your specific organization. And I think a lot of lessons are actually built in into those template frameworks. So that's adopt what's out there Roll it out, reflect on how it's performing, and then adapt it for yourself once you've become an expert at it. Don't try and adapt it before. Don't be clever. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's actually no need to because many of these best practice frameworks have a methodical, incremental, and systematic component built in. And what you're actually doing in essence is that you're not reinventing the wheel and you're improving your odds and probability of success. Another silly example is that if you look at the way houses are built around the world, far up in Northern Europe, you'll find houses with a very steep pitched roof. Whereas if you go to other countries, probably in the Middle East, you'll find that the house roofs are actually flat. Mm. And there's a reason behind this, because in Northern Europe, there's lots of snow. And when it snows, the snow simply slides off. Whereas in the Middle East, because of the very, very hot climate, it's easier to disperse the heat So in essence, what we're doing there is that we're taking a base common architecture and then we're incrementally evolving it to the specific organization. Awesome. And then we spoke again when the difference in the preparation from a comment perspective is unlocking yourself almost to an open architecture and using APIs across for the customer, for your partners and for suppliers. Do you want to dive into how the API economy has changed the way you look at the development cycle? Sure, sure. So what we've done is that we started the API journey as a phase two, the moment we stabilized the cloud infrastructure. So once again, we used that layered type approach whereby we needed to get the base infrastructure in. And thereafter, what we started doing is that we started taking our partner APIs as well as a few common bespoke APIs. And what we did was that we created a common backend 
so that we could have both a B2B type business as well as a B2C business. So in essence, we looked at APIs as almost the waiter in a restaurant so that all of the complexity uh, such as your equipment and stoves, et cetera, are all sitting in the back-end kitchen and all that either the customer or other businesses needed to do is simply interface with the waiter and all of the complexity was simply hidden in the back. So what we did was that we created something called an API store, whereby we pull our partner APIs as well as the common APIs into that store. And thereafter, we push those APIs out to both our travel partners, as well as to the various common air channels, such as our website or our mobile app that we in the final stages of building. That's very nice. And again, I refer to our prep where you're talking about the app. I don't want to get into that just yet, but it's going to be very interesting to see how it impacts your customers, me being one of your customers, as I said, in August coming down to Cape Town. Now that everything's open again and we can travel, so excited. But it seems that partners have played quite an important role in your life. Is there space for partners in Kame? And and what do you look for in a partner? New question. So from a partner perspective, once again, it comes down to the strategy. And you need to find a partner that firstly buys into your strategy and helps you achieve that strategy. And from a partner perspective, we look for firstly bespoke and specialized skills that we don't have, as well as a long-term relationship so that we can manage highs and lows, especially in a very, very volatile industry such as the aviation industry, Mm. whereby you continuously have ups and downs. So your partner can support you when you're in the down and then pull back when you're in the upward cycle. So you're augmenting your team with good partners in specific skill sets. Absolutely. Um, you've mentioned architects three or four times. Do yeah. you have your architects internally and how do you keep them? So once again, architecture is, is a broad field and you get different types of architects that specialize in different areas as well because technology is such a multifaceted concept. You know, you get API architects and you get cloud architects and you get software architects. Mm. So once again, it's a case of us having some architectural skills in-house and for certain projects, we bring in the architects from our partners. Mm. Uh, So for example, if we're in the middle of our cloud journey and we needed a specific cloud architect, then we would insource that architect from one of our partners for the duration of the project. But at the same time, we would make sure that there's a cross leverage of skills from the outside architect to our internal team as well. So that at all times we are continuously growing. Okay. I love the fact that you bring your partners into the critical path quite often and you don't think you know everything. Avshan, why transform? What's in it for me as Daniel, as a customer? Where do I fit into this whole journey? That's actually a very, very good question. And overall, I think it's important that the customer is always at the center of your journey. And now when we look at the word customer, you know, once again, there are many views and many, many perspectives in terms of how to view a customer. And myself, I like to take both an outside-in approach as well as an inside-out approach. And when we look at things from the outside-in, it's important to understand things such as your customer journey and your customer lifecycle. You know, have that customer-centric obsession and understand things like, personalization and customization for customers. But right at the center of this whole concept of customer centricity is to clearly understand the needs, the wants, the fears, the insecurities and frustrations of customers and try and solve those problems first and foremost. And that's what the outside in is actually about, to try and understand those needs and solve for those needs. 
So you solving for a need for me as a dad who's flying with his family, as a, a, a business person who's interacting with it, two different needs. But how does this digital transformation enable your marketing yeah. team or your sales team to engage yeah. with me? Yeah. So back to the example of Daniel, the thing is that these days customers are digital. The customer is digital. And no matter which perspective you look at it, a customer is on multiple digital channels whether it be on a mobile app or whether the customer is on the internet. And when we start digitally transforming an organization, we are starting to reach customers at their different touch points, whether that be on the internet, whether it be through a direct marketing mail, or whether it be through a mobile app. Mm. So if we have Daniel, Mm. Daniel may be couch surfing at home in front of the TV. Mm. And if there's a flight special on, it's important for us to understand Daniel, that he might be sitting on his couch, but he doesn't want to be interrupted. So we can do a gentle push of a sale to Daniel because we know that Daniel likes to fly to Cape Town. Uh, so in that particular example, yeah. you know, Daniel obviously wants best value for his money. Mm. So if he sees a sale that's not too intrusive, he most likely will take it up. So you're enabling the channels across communication for the business at the moment. That must have been Absolutely. quite interesting during a time of business rescue that you've been through. I was actually chatting about you on the weekend and saying how I've admired the way you've managed this last period and taken advantage of the downtime, getting your team to transform your environments instead of sitting on your hands. And I think if anyone from Rhodes, Water, ESCOM is listening, Afshan has shown the way. During the quiet times, please optimize a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about business rescue. Has it been tough on your direct team? Has it changed the way you've managed them? And have you learned anything during this time personally as CIO? Yeah. So business rescue is always tough overall, but without getting into too much of details, we've used business rescue as an opportunity to digitally transform the organization and look for things such as inefficiencies to lower our cost base. And in essence, once again, if we put the customer at the center of our journey, by us looking for efficiencies, we can bring the price of flights down, which once again benefits the customer. Come on. Uh, so, during the, yeah. so during the downtime, what we did do was that we looked for things such as process automation, duplicate processes, and any legacy type systems and processes that have been around for a while. And we combined those. So as an example, we previously had multiple data centers uh, prior to us starting the cloud journey. So we looked for opportunities to try and combine data centers where there were multiple of the same types of systems across different business areas, we combine those systems to have single systems and thereby got economies of scale in terms of pricing from our vendors. Excellent. Afshan, I sound like a fan, but is it safe to fly? Absolutely. It absolutely is safe to fly. Now, being crammed in a plane with strangers for hours might seem like flying in a petri dish during COVID. (laughs) However, empirical studies show that the risk while flying is low. Uh, planes have proper airflow with hepatite filters that kill up to 99% of germs. And overall, the risk in a flight is far lower than an office building, a classroom, or a supermarket. And to date, uh, the number of confirmed cases of COVID during a flight has been small. I'm, I'm convinced. You don't have to say any more. We are coming to the end, and I would yeah. like to ask you my three questions. Sure. I want to... Now, what is the cool tech that's coming out in the next six months from a yeah. Comair perspective? 
Then I'd like to know, Avshan, your focus for you and your team for the next quarter. And then advice for another CIO that's going on this digital journey with you. So that's going on a transformational journey. What advice would you give them? So let's start. What are you most excited about? What's the technical release that's coming in the next six months? So from a commerce perspective, the big one that's coming up in the next few weeks is the new mobile app. And this new mobile app will help us reach our customers from a breadth and depth perspective. It's probably going to be one of the most advanced mobile apps to hit the country over the next few weeks. And the simplest analogy I can think of right now is that if you think of a Tesla electrical car compared to your combustion engine petrol vehicle, on the outside, they actually look very, very similar. Mm. But beneath the hood, it's a completely different animal. We've been able to build this app with the help of our partners in record time, also at record cost. It's also built in the cloud, so that it's using common back-end processes. And once again, we'll be able to use this as a new channel to our customers. And once again, offer functionality bespoke to this mobile app. We spoke about this earlier. I'm still bitter. I'm not in the inner circle there, the test subject, but that's fine. And your focus for the quarter, I guess it's all app-focused. Is there anything else? Where are you going? Yeah, Yeah, currently it's all Mm app-focused to try and get the app up and running. Once the app is up and running, the next focus is on the data journey to try and fast track the data transformation journey within Comair. And that is to try and understand our customers in a much more intimate fashion and be able to offer them things such as cross-sell, upsell, and next best offer. Awesome. Those are some of the things on the radar. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then lastly, your advice for a CRO who's going on this digital transformation, also under pressure from shareholders, also under yeah. pressure from business constraints due to COVID. What would yeah. your advice be? I think overall, I want to circle back to the initial point around architecture. Uh, many, many CIOs simply dive in. So it's very, very important to have that target state architecture in place. And once that target state architecture is in place, look at your different technology components as building blocks to get to that target state. Mm. Mm. So you can prioritize your impact by the building blocks Absolutely. and the strategy behind it. Afshan, you've stayed true to that. The second time we've chatted and you've always come back to that pillar, I really like the fact that you pin your colors to the mast so that everyone can see them. It's been a real privilege to chat to you. I can't wait to use your services and I can't wait to be flying again. I wish you all the best now that restrictions are being taken away. I hope the planes are full. I hope the pilots are engaged and I hope the team has a great time. From my side, Daniel Robus, it's a real privilege to host the Tech Central podcast when I've got a guest like yourself. I hope you have a wonderful day. And to our listeners, remember your architects and your plans if you take one thing away from Avshan. Thank you very much and have a good day. Thanks, Daniel. Great chatting to you. Take care.